Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, from God our Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, you, you know this saying, familiarity breeds contempt. We use this to talk about things, routines, even people around us, and how we get used to them, and we lose interest in them. You know, the, the respect, the love, the desire that we once had fades away. Everything has to be new and exciting to, to garner any attention from us, especially in our digital age. And you don't have to be young and on your phone all the time to fall prey to this. Examine yourself. Even if you say you don't like change, do you wear the same outfit every single day? No. Do you watch the exact, exact same TV show? I mean, the exact same episode, the same movie, or the same YouTube video over and over again, day in and day out? I know I don't, and I suspect that you do not either, because we all want variety. We want some sort of change in our life because to some extent we see that familiarity breeds contempt. So this is perhaps most often seen with the divine institution of marriage. You see, God instituted marriage in the garden before the fall as a blessing for creation. But now our society sees it more as a burdensome option. Yeah, you can try that if you want, but don't get your hopes up. You know, you wouldn't want that other person to just drag you down. You know, once you really get to know your spouse, you're probably going to get bored. And, well, you don't want them getting in the way of finding true happiness or meeting your full potential. Now, there's a, a huge mess to deal with there, and that's a whole nother sermon. But the point here is that this view of marriage presupposes that familiarity breeds contempt. Or consider another example. Maybe you've heard something like this before. Why should we listen to what the Bible has to say about our lives? It's an ancient book, after all. Those people back then, you know, they just didn't understand our world like we do. We are way more advanced. They were just superstitious, but we are enlightened. Yeah. The people who say those things or, or think along those lines, well, they've become so familiar with their own presuppositions about God and his creation, or they're going to say nature, uh, but God, nature, and his word, that they just write it off. An objective reality in which this so-called God places me, and I don't get to choose every aspect of my own life, including my family, my history, or even my gender? How naive! How ironic, perhaps. Or maybe you do take God's word seriously, but maybe you expect a new teaching 
every time you hear it or read it. I've heard that repentance thing so many times before. I get it. Now, what else is there? Well, maybe you go searching Scripture for that one little verse that backs your personal crusade or reinforces what you're already thinking about life, carefully avoiding anything that would say contrary. You want Scripture to apply to your life, but maybe what you really want is for Scripture to confirm or affirm your parenting decision or your political views. You see, rather than having God's views shape your own, his word becomes a mere instrument towards your own ends and one that doesn't get looked at very often. In such a case, it seems that familiarity has bred contempt. But has it? You see, in our, our gospel reading today, we see an example of this. As Matthew tells the story of Jesus' life and ministry, uh, we come to a point where Jesus has just told a series of parables. Well, how fitting. We just preached on a series of parables. And that series began with the first part of Matthew chapter 13. And, well, we jumped into Luke and we lived there for several weeks. But now we're back into Matthew 13. We're at the end of Matthew 13. And Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth, where he grew up and where his family is well known. He goes to the synagogue to teach and the people are amazed. Well, no big surprise there, of course. That's how the people responded to the Sermon on the Mount. But back then, those people who listened to Jesus, they acknowledged the authority that Jesus demonstrated when he taught. He wasn't just any old scribe that was copying what was said before. But see how these people react. They say, who does he think he is? He's just one of us. He's no better than you or me. These folks, you see, had seen Jesus grow up, just as was said in the children's message. They saw him and they thought that they knew everything there was to know about him. How could he have all of this wisdom and these, these mighty deeds that he does? We're, we're just like his a family. How does he have what we do not have? He's nothing like that. He's just like us, and we're not like that. Well, the people of Nazareth, you see, were so familiar with Jesus that they had been, that they had bred contempt for him when he came into their midst, preaching God's word with authority. They were already inclined against him, so they wouldn't even listen to his life-giving message. Now, it would be all too easy to, to take this idea and run with it exactly where we shouldn't go. It would be easy to say, well, this is why I shouldn't read the Bible regularly or pray daily or come to church consistently or receive the Lord's Supper often. It would cheapen the experience. And I don't want to despise these things, 
So I'll just take a break from them. A nice, long break. No, friends. No, this is missing the point in this account. You see, the people of Nazareth didn't despise Jesus because they were so familiar with him. They were certainly familiar with a certain perception of him, a preconceived notion about him. You see, a a quick Google search on on this phrase, familiarity breeds contempt, this pithy little proverb, yields an article on psychology. And it turns this phrase around. It says that the real problem isn't familiarity, because true familiarity breeds intimacy. Contempt comes from others, other places. It comes from taking other people for granted rather than seeking to know them better, to build true familiarity. You see, the people of Nazareth had taken Jesus for granted. He was Joseph and Mary's son. They knew his brothers and sisters. They were all around them. He was no prophet, so they thought. They thought they knew him. But if they really had known Jesus, then they would have listened to his words. They would have repented of their sin and rejoiced in the gospel that he preached. You see, Luke's parallel to this account is quite helpful here. The teaching that Jesus does is recounted in gospel, in in Luke's reading, and his teaching comes from the prophet Isaiah. Luke recounts that Jesus read this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friends, this was good news that Jesus was coming to bring them. He was announcing freedom, healing, and grace from God. But the flip side of this good news is that you have to admit that you need this grace, this healing, and this liberty, or better rendered, pardon or forgiveness, means that you have to admit that you are a poor, wretched sinner. But how do you see this when you are so entrenched in your sinful nature, when you're so familiar with it? You see, it only comes through the preaching of God's word. It has to come from the outside. It comes through the revelation of the scriptures has to come from someone else. And your inclination is to reject it. Yes, your inclination, as is mine. You see, those people back then, they were inclined to reject Jesus because 
They thought they were so familiar with him. But don't fall into their trap. Don't let your familiarity or your supposed familiarity breed contempt for God's word. Don't let your political views or or your ideas about social structures or any other philosophy that you may hold on to get in the way of hearing God's word, the truth of God's law and God's gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus says about his sheep that they hear his voice and they follow him. The psalmist declares that He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And so today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Just like all of the parables that we have been looking at these past several weeks, all these parables that Jesus told, which concealed in order to reveal, This account of people rejecting Jesus, people who thought that they knew him better than anyone else, this account warns you and it warns me to not get too comfortable with what we think we know about him. It warns us that we have to keep listening. You and I continually continually need to hear Jesus' words, his message of repentance and forgiveness, of life and salvation, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified and risen for you. So Jack was a pretty ordinary guy. He met Lisa, and they became enamored with each other. This was a a typical love story. They fell in love and decided to get married, and everything seemed right with the world. But a mere year into the marriage, Jack felt like he was maybe just a little too familiar with Lisa, and he had stopped asking questions. He had stopped engaging with her like they had before the wedding. And Jack started to look at Lisa and ask the question, who is this person? This isn't the woman I married. Oh, if only he had really understood this concept. You see, he felt that he knew her too well and the excitement was gone. His mind and his eyes started to wander to other women. If only he had kept asking questions and listening to Lisa. He would have heard the wonderful things that she was thinking, the faith that she was expressing, the life that she was trying to share with him. And you might expect that the next step in this story is that they got divorced. But it's not. You see, Lisa, in spite of what Jack was doing, in spite of the contempt that Jack had built up, Lisa kept talking. She kept pursuing Jack. She kept asking questions. She kept sharing her life with him. And she kept prodding him. 
And eventually, by God's grace, through many various factors, Jack saw the light. The grace that God showed and, and, and Lisa, her, her pursuing, it broke through and got through to Jack, and he understood, you're right, this isn't the woman I married, and that's a good thing. And so they kept talking and growing together and building true familiarity and building intimacy and trust and love. And see, instead of familiarity breeding contempt, True familiarity breeds blessing, intimacy, love, and strength. And we are meant to find these things by continually listening to one another and most especially to our Lord. And so, friends, that's what God has done for you in spite of the contempt that you build up out of a familiarity or supposed familiarity with God's word. He continues to speak to you. He never stops loving you. He never stops calling out to you. He sent his son to preach good news to you. Even though he would be rejected by his own people, even though he would be rejected by people yet to come, he continues to proclaim good news to the poor and the blind and the captive that sins are released, that you are set free from the bondage to sin and that he has given you life. That good news continues to come to you through his word, his scripture, and here in his church in various ways. He continues to call to you to repent, to turn away from destructive sin, from destructive ways, and to turn to him, to the Lord God, the only one who can give life and blessing. And as he does so, he continues to reassure you of his love, his grace, his mercy, the peace, the promises he has given to you of everything that is yours in Christ Jesus. And we know that these things, these wonderful gifts that are yours in Christ, that they never fail because he never fails. So as you continually hear God's word, as you listen to God's word, full of grace and truth, may you find blessing and intimacy and strength for this life because these are your gifts from Christ our Lord, with whom true familiarity never breeds contempt, but breeds love and faithfulness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.